This is the John Oakley Show podcast. You know, just listening to the news, uh, you know, with dread every uh, seemingly every hour anyway, uh, there's another story or incident. And uh, we were talking about that, teeing up the news that uh, four patients on an inpatient unit at the Credit Valley Hospital have confirmed positive for COVID-19 and an outbreak has been declared. So far in the province of Ontario, 36 deaths have been counted. Now, what is most alarming about that, roughly a third are attributed to one long-term care facility in Bob Cajun. And when it comes to the ravages of COVID-19 on seniors' homes, uh, I think we need to appreciate exactly what's in play because 24 staff were likewise infected in that nursing home. And so the first responders, the frontline caregivers, are also very much in a vulnerable position. To that point, and where procurement efforts are taking us to get the proper PPE in their hands right quick, we've been joined on the line by the CEO of the Registered Practical Nurses Association of Ontario, Diane Martin. Diane, how are you? I hope you're holding up. Yeah, I, um, I've i been home, not seeing any other humans, and so I'm in good shape. But I would have to say um, advocating for the nurses to have what they need has been a real challenge. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what's morale like? Well, uh, it's tough, actually. Um, when I talk to nurses, their emotions run from anger to um, despair. Uh, lots of nurses crying uh, on their way home from work, wondering how they're going to go in the next shift, uh, fearful for their families. So it's, it's, not, um, it's not a happy time. I saw today where the governor of New York State, Cuomo, was talking about burnout in New York City, especially with the first responders, the healthcare workers. It's just uh, such a palpable sense that they can't do enough. They're overwhelmed. Do you sense that that might be happening in certain places in this province? I think it's just ramping up into that. Certainly, uh, there's two kinds of it happening here. There's the um, when they can't get enough equipment, the fear, but then also the despair of seeing patients die at such a great rate. So uh, when you compare it to SARS, we were not afraid we had the right equipment. Well, the lack of equipment, and, uh, you know, I mean, we're not going to apportion blame right now. Uh, that's something maybe in uh, a post-mortem, as, you were, as it were. But, but these procurement drives that were announced today, the Prime Minister saying we'll have to domestically source, and there are a lot of companies that voluntarily are stepping up and they're changing production lines and all. Uh, are you confident that that will do enough in uh, a quick enough time frame? I think it's just like many of the uh, things that have been done by the government. They've, they've all been fantastic, fantastic initiatives, uh, work towards distributing uh, protective equipment, but it's all come a step too late. Uh, everything that we're doing tomorrow, we should have done yesterday. And we know that. Every day we know what we should be doing, but it's almost like we're treating care providers as a group of people that we cross our fingers and hope for the best, and when it obviously isn't working out, we then um, get even more innovative at problem solving. The problem solving isn't easy, but we're not doing it quickly enough. Well, then how do we get proactive rather than being reactive? Well, that's exactly the problem, people um, being reactive. I think I don't have an answer. I mean, we have calls with the government on a daily basis and we know what needs 
to happen. We write letters, uh, what, hap- what needs to happen, and it does happen eventually. But when we talk about what's needed, we need it now. We don't need you to work out a process to do it in two days. Keeping in mind that two days in COVID world is um, 50% increase in cases, including among care providers. I'm, I'm not sure of the numbers, but that's what that could be. All right. And so the real issue or uh, the principal concern priority is to get the PPE in your hands yesterday, effectively. Yes. And yep. so we're... The other thing, though, to remember is we've got, we do have to take care of the nurses in ICU. Those people are incredibly important caring for the, the COVID patients they have. But we need to prevent those patients by preventing the spread in the communities, by making sure that everybody has the proper PPE. We can't even imagine how many people have been infected uh, through contact with the staff who were not provided with the right um, equipment. Well, this kind of speaks to the issue I addressed as uh, I was introducing you. 24 staff infected at that long-term care facility in Bob Cage, and tragically, about a dozen of the patients there have passed, uh, which I said, you know, about a third of the fatalities are deaths in Ontario represented in that one place in Bob Cajun, which is an alarming statistic and kind of crystallizes how virulent this contagion is and it it takes no prisoners i mean it just uh can zap anybody so help me out here because uh as a frontline operative what do you think are the best practices apart from the ppe and we get that point it's been made but uh can you social distance people in those front lines uh do you test would more testing of everybody involved uh confirm and deny who has it who's a carrier who's not how what would a best practice be in this case well, absolutely more testing. But also we need to find ways of assisting care providers to be able to social distance even from their own families. There is a, a, a hospital that has uh, connected with a hotel in one part of Ontario where the hotel is housing the care providers so they don't have to go home to their families. Uh, my do- I live with my daughter. She's an ICU nurse, and I was fortunate enough to have somewhere to go so that she can be alone at home while she's caring for her patients. Uh, But yes, for sure, we have to do a lot more than that. But we have to remember also that those nurses who work in long-term care uh, are, are provide a different kind of care on a day-to-day basis than what uh, type of intensive care COVID patients need. So they are going to need a great deal more resources to provide this care that isn't in their usual day-to-day experience. Now, as far as, uh, you know, because I'm guessing when they go home to their families or uh, do anything of a social nature, even if it's shopping for essentials and what have you, do you think that, you know, the outside world is doing enough to adhere to the recommendations of the health authorities? I mean, we still see people congregating in groups, and that's making everybody vulnerable, but especially if it leaps on to first you know, the, the the immediate responders and they take it into a nursing home, that doesn't help anybody. We see what the situation involves. Do your uh, nurse practitioners ever express that their dismay at uh, maybe the general laissez-faire attitude of people in general? 
Yeah, yeah, we feel it every day. Uh, I tweeted out on Sunday that I had on a drive where I took my own food and coffee in the car with me, um, noted all kinds of houses that had multiple cars. It was a Sunday. They were having gatherings. I saw um, a fairly significant crammed-together lineup at Weber's Burgers. We all know about that on the on the Highway um, 11. 11 North. I I actually was quite shocked and dismayed that people aren't understanding that every single care provider working today would give anything to be able to just stay home and, and keep everybody safe that way. But all we're asking is people who don't have to do what we do, stay home. Yeah, it's something that needs to be uh, emphasized and re-emphasized and uh we hear it on a daily briefing from the city's health uh, people, and yet, you know, people breaching these ordinances or whatever there are, the recommendations. Diane, I'm going to let you go, but I appreciate it. And obviously, a uh, big shout out to uh, the frontline people, because without them, I mean, uh, they are uh, the ones who are keeping, you know, folks intact to a large measure and uh, helping to uh, save some of these other folks in dire dire circumstances. I just hope the PP get to you in a timely fashion. Uh, as I said yesterday, would have been appropriate if not sooner. Uh, so we'll keep our fingers crossed. And uh, with all the procurement going on and companies stepping up, you know, uh, redirecting uh, re, uh, their production lines for face masks and shields and gowns and so on and so forth, uh, hopefully that does meet the requirement. Thank you. Thanks. That's what we're hoping to. Diane Martin, the CEO of the Registered Practical Nurses Association of Ontario. That's a scary one. 24 staff infected at that nursing facility in Bob Cajun that saw a dozen people perish uh, so far. And unfortunately, there may be more. However, thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 